Welcome to the 21st Century Female. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Benny. And I'm Anna. And together we're Banana. (laughs) (laughs) So today I'm going to be talking to Anna about her adventures over to Europe and uh, rescuing her cousin from Ukraine. So um, this all started back on February 24th. Yes. And... um, so I usually keep my phone on silent at night so that, you know, if only people call me, they have to call twice. And so it was probably like 10 or 11 o'clock at night and I get a call from Anna and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this has to be important. It actually, you know, went through. So I'm sitting there and, you know, she get on the phone and she is just in a panic and she's crying and she's distraught and I'm just like oh my gosh and so then I put on the news and I realized what's going on in Ukraine and um you know I told her I'm like hey we're gonna we're gonna figure this out and you know I'm gonna be here 100% to support you whatever you need so um Anna how about you tell me a little bit about you know like how all that experience was so I was um I was about to go to sleep and we have constantly tv running because um it just it's really nice to have that background noise and it's usually the news or some local channel or anything and i start seeing um i start seeing something about ukraine and what's happening over there and i just i got on internet i started researching i was like what is going on what i I went into crazy panic mode in a way and i was trying to contact my family members um all my friends and everybody that that I was kept in contact with throughout the years because I don't like burning bridges. And so basically, I could not get a hold of anybody. I did not know what to do. And I I called Benny and I called her and called her. I think I called her like five times maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and she finally answers. And then this is when I truly broke down. I did not, at the moment, it was panicking. I did not w- understand what was happening. And sometimes at the weakest moments, you have to have a really good support system. Um, you know, and, I got you. <laughs> and um, so that's why that's why I had to like really reach out to her. And then she's like, okay, let's be rational about this. Like what's going on? Let's figure out. And I just come down and I finally got a hold of my cousin. <clears throat> and at the time she was, she was like, no, I, I have to, I have job. I, ha- I have responsibilities. I have my, my parents here. Um, I'm going to, we're going to write this out. It's going to be over very, very soon. It's probably, it's probably just um, nothing, just like little picking here and there. And, and then later on, um, later on, about a few days later, she called me in panic. She, she's like, okay, so, you know, I work at the airport, the military side of the airport got hit. I got thrown on the ground because of the because of how scared she was at the time yeah. and at the moment she said that the only thing i could think about is my daughter yeah i rushed home and talked to the parents and this is when i called you i wish she was here i know <laughs> we'll get her on <laughs> yeah um and and she called me she's like i'm leaving can you help me? Please help me. I was like, I will meet you somewhere. 
let's figure out where. Like, <clears throat> I was like, okay, so can you drive to Poland? I can probably meet you in Poland. Because obviously I cannot fly to Ukraine um, because of the conflict and everything. Yeah. And um, so I was like, okay, well, Poland is a country that I can actually go to. Yeah. Um, but then we're like, okay, well, everybody's going to Poland. There are hundreds and hundreds of refugees already arriving in Poland. Yeah. Okay. What, what is the other country that I can go to that's closer? Romania. Yeah. It's like, perfect. It's about, it's, it's not very far drive. You know, you can make it within a day. No, it took her four long days to actually get through the border because they sat at the border for a very, very long time. And I, there, there are, as they were driving, you know, they don't know where the shots were coming from is if it's locals or if it's something somebody's acting up or if it's actual soldiers she yeah. doesn't know that yeah. um and the car in front of her got hit with bullets and then like got swerved and she just pushed through she put sophie in the back seat and covered her up with blankets and she said sophie do not do not raise up and just stay there yeah and oh, that's so her maternal instinct and all her um, police training kicked in right there. Oh, yeah. She is such a strong woman. I've gotten to know her. And, I mean, she is legitimate a bad ass. I mean, like, she's just, she's so strong, so intelligent, just so calm in, you know, these crazy situations. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, she's just amazing. Yeah, and I, I, I rushed to my boss's office because it was at nighttime there, but it was like lunchtime. We actually, we're actually gonna go have um, Mexican food. <laughs> yeah. So, and um, and basically, like, I got this phone call while I was riding in the car with um, with some of them, my coworkers, to go go eat. eat yeah that's what we do every wednesday we yeah. go it's, to so, this it's, it's so funny how that you can't you know sometimes you just can't get those specific memories out like you probably knew exactly what you were going to have you know because but now it's ingrained but i can't remember what i had for breakfast yesterday type thing you know but it's you know this happened back in february and it's just ingrained in your head exactly what you were doing at that time you know it's just crazy so we um i i talked to them Obviously, I was pretty distraught. I was like, I kicked in into do mode. I kicked in into the mode where I need to be rational. I need to be strong. I cannot break down. I, I have to do something. Yeah, solving the problem. Exactly. And so we, um, we start talking and they were there. They were like, okay, well, let's figure this out. Um, we're like, okay, we need to talk to my boss like we need to talk to um my chain chain of command and we went into his office all of us and told his story and everything and he's like go family's important you do what you need to do it's so amazing that you have you know such support with your you know work as well it's just you know it's hard to come by but it's it's so great to just have i I know it's it's phenomenal how a lot of leaders will show their true colors oh, yeah. under fire, um, or not even under fire. Like if if you need to take care of the employee or anything, they're like, yeah. yes. When time comes to it, you know, they're on it. Mm -hmm. 
and that's part of the support system that you need to have. Yeah, exactly. So basically, I went home <clears throat> and I started looking at flights to Bucharest, and it was, a, it was fairly pricey. I dipped in into my savings and everything. So I was at the time I was like, I don't care. I'll figure out the monetary wise afterwards. Yeah. So I bought the ticket and I flew out the next morning. And I flew out the next morning and I finally and I was trying to like record our um everything was happening. Yeah. And finally arrived to Bucharest. Um and it was it was so emotional. It was yeah. so emotional because well, Before, when was the last time you saw her? It was five years ago. Yeah. Five years ago. I went to Odessa. Yeah. Yeah. And we did, um, did a really great thing over there in Odessa with, uh, um, with some job wise and everything. So, and I actually got to see her. And then before that, I didn't get to see her since I left for this country, like, yeah, like thousands. 16, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so basically it was, Okay, we're going to cut this. Um, <clears throat> I kind of lost my train of thought here a little bit, but yeah. it's okay. We'll uh, we'll cut this. Yeah. Cut. Check mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you get to the airport, and oh, you're finally able to see her after five years of not being able to see her. And Yes, and um, it was just all of these emotions, all of this with everything that's going on, it just hit me. It hit me to the point where I'm still a woman. We're still allowed to have feelings. Even even men allowed to have feelings. Everybody oh, yeah. allowed to have feelings. Oh yeah. And I we just broke down. And there's this emotional video that I was trying to take it to see how it, <laughs> it does. But my I couldn't hold my phone yeah. straight and I was like, I don't care at this care. moment. Yeah. And we just rushed to each other and we just hugged and hugged and cried and hugged. And after that after that we just kicked in into like do mode. Yeah. Because I already got the hotel. Um I already got everything. And so we got to the car and seeing, seeing that car, seeing like how dirty it is, how packed it is with their life. Yeah. Every single belonging that they could probably take. And it was just, I need to get them home. Yeah. I need to, I need to bring them so they can be at my house so they can start a new life here. Yeah. I know it's a small part, uh, but to me, it's not a small part. Mm -hmm. To Sophie, it's not a small part. No. For Tani, it's not a small part. Yeah. So we finally got to the hotel and we finally settled in and they finally got to sleep. Oh my gosh. Four, four days. Four days of driving and just, oh, this is ridiculous. They knocked out. They just laid in this bed and I couldn't sleep because I'm still time warp, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm just watching these two girls sleeping like, like they haven't slept in days, which oh, yeah. they haven't. Yeah. And but they finally feel safe. Exactly. And then that's when my brain kicked in. I need to get to work. I don't know anything about how to bring refugees to America. I don't know. I started doing research myself. Yeah. I, I started reaching out to people uh, because it nighttime in Europe, it's daytime here. Therefore, I'm taking care of the girls during the day and I'm doing taking care of all the business at night. Yeah. So imagine how much sleep I got. Yeah. But when your adrenaline is rushing and when you just on that straight forward, you don't need 
much sleep. Well, you do eventually. I crashed. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. but at this time, it, it was just pure adrenaline, pure just go and get them, get them here because I still had to go back to work. I still have responsibilities. Um, my hazmat's still at home. Yeah. I need to get back <laughs> to him. And so, anyways, um, after after they slept, uh, we went to buffet, and they they were like, "I've never seen so much food," and they were starving because they're just eating like whatever they could bring with them. Yeah, and they started putting a lot of stuff in the boxes, thinking they're not gonna get any more food. <laughs> and I was like, "Relax." It comes every day. <laughs> Relax. We can do this every day. Yeah, we can go to places. We can actually relax while I'm trying to figure out my stuff. And it took her a very, very long time to actually get used to it and relax and everything. Um, so I do want to point out like this one story that happened with us in a hotel. So we stayed at this big, big Sheraton hotel in downtown Bucharest. It was not far from the embassy. That's why we chose the location. And so we went there, have a like a little heated pool. Um, and it was like, okay, well, the girls need to just relax and they have like a little spa. So we booked, um, we booked that. And so we were swimming in a pool and then this, um, this man comes in, which is a, it's a public pool and it's absolutely normal. Yeah. And it's also like eight o'clock at night, um, eight or nine. Um, I don't remember the exact time. And. So he started start talking to us and just kind of carry on the conversation. I was just like, oh, yeah, okay. And he's like, well, where's the accent from? I was like, well, Ukraine. He's like, oh, oh, that's so nice. Um, Yeah, my wife uh, and I are here from Israel. We're looking for a very nice young uh, mother-daughter duo to take it back with us. Jeez. And I was like... Because that mm-hmm. doesn't sound nefarious at all. <laughs> I was like, red flag? Why specifically mother-daughter duo? Yeah. Well, because they know that none of the males could actually leave Ukraine. All the males are, you know, made to stay um, back in Ukraine to help fight. And so only, so they knew it was just like prime pickings for them. They're like, well, hey, we know that it's just going to be, you know, women and children coming over. So, oh, geez, that's just so uh, dirty. So, and then there are other stories that with him didn't add up. And she's a police officer. And I got, I got, um, some education too. And if we're like red flag, okay, this, this conversation is a red flag. We need to kind of stop this. And so he finally decided like, okay, let's, let's just get out of here. Yeah. So we left. And as soon as we got to the elevator, he's like, Oh, hold the door, hold, hold the door. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay. And he's like, Oh, what floor are you guys on the third floor? And we were staying on the third floor. That's and we're like, no, we're on a six. So we went up to the sixth floor and we took the stairs down to the fifth floor. We took the elevator up to the seventh floor <laughs> and then went back down to the third floor. So we did all of this different commotion because at the moment our intuition oh, is yeah. screaming at us. Oh yeah. So we got to the hotel and the girls fell asleep finally and I had to call my dad. Um, well, I had to call my, my adopted father. Mm-hmm. And so I called him. I was like, hey, you know, well, I went to the, by the pool area because I don't want to wake the girls up. And I was like, hey, how's it going? This not. And guess who shows up? That creepy man again. And he's like, oh, hey, how's it going? Mm-hmm. So I told my dad, I was like, I'm going to put you 
on a speakerphone. You do not say anything. You, you're going to listen to this conversation. And I'm also going to put a camera on because I want to take a picture of the strange man, just in case. Yeah. So, and I kind of like walked away, went back to the elevator. Guess who got into the same elevator with me? He's like, oh, so you are going on the third floor. Oh, my gosh. Um, so after that, well, I did my whole other shebang, you know, yeah. just going up up and down <laughs> on the elevators, make sure. So we got it, we got it into the hotel. We locked our door, but we locked our door with the towels, like actually tied with the towels. Just oh, make yeah. sure you don't open it. Uh, because my intuition is like screaming at the time because this is, this is not, not a random, um, not a random thing. Call me paranoid or anything, but this is not my awareness was already heightened due to the situation and my call them alien tentacles or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't even sound like he's working alone, you know, cause it, it, it just definitely sounds that there's other people at play cause it's just, you know, I don't know. That was just, mm -mm. I would definitely have my red flag up too. So, and I woke Tanya up. I was like, we need to pack. We need to pack. And first thing in the morning, we're checking out. So we checked out at like four o'clock in the morning. And plus we had, we already had this hotel for like extra four days. So we checked out out of the hotel. Um, I found Airbnb because I didn't sleep that night. So I was trying to find an Airbnb or something small, something incognito. And so we checked out and as we're checking out, they're like, oh, why are you leaving so soon? Um, we were like, well, just, um, we, we're, we need to move on. We're, we got our stuff. So I didn't really have to explain to them. Yeah. And they're like, oh no, you should stay. You should stay more. And we're like, okay, I get it. You try to, you try to have, make more money. Yeah. Right. But to us at the time, it was like, mm -mm. so we got in a car and we drove for hours in random direction all throughout Bucharest, just drove and drove and drove and drove. Yeah. Because... If we had a tail or anything, we, this is four of us and I can only do so much with my steel toe boots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so we finally got an Airbnb and it was really, really cute. And the guy was super sweet, um, was able to take care of, you know, do like a last minute booking because there's a lot of Ukrainian refugees, um, coming in and all the Airbnbs are getting overbooked because um they're housing them for free yeah that's amazing and that's one thing that airbnb did is absolutely wonderful oh my gosh i know so in the meantime um we submitted the paperwork finally i had wayne um i, I emailed him the paperwork i was like hey run to the post office this needs to get out like now <laughs> yeah and so in the meantime while we're waiting for the paperwork or for any kind of answer we're like okay well we can't just sit here um, there's a refugee um, arrivals at the train station. Let's go see if we can do something. We'll just go. Let's just go see. Mm -hmm. So we went uh, to the refugee station, and people realized that I speak both languages, and because a lot of Romanians didn't speak Ukrainian or Russian, and as you know, um, a lot of Ukrainians are Russian speaker speakers. And they're like, oh, you speak English. You can translate for us. Oh, nice. They're like, are you going to be volunteering here? Are you Are you going to be here for a while? I was like, I can help. So that's what we did. So I, I would translate. Tanya would hand out sandwiches. Sophie will just 
make small talks with the kids. Yeah. It was very, it was very nice. Um, like it was a very nice gesture of them to accept us as volunteers. Yeah. But seeing, seeing the sadness in people's eyes, seeing their whole life in two bags. When I came to America, I had only two bags, but I wasn't running from a country. Yeah. But this, this is people that have lost their homes, people that have lost their loved ones. People are carrying their pets. Yeah. They bring, they brought their cats and dogs and I saw birds. <laughs> it was so nice. And talking to some people, they said like, I had to leave my pet behind. I couldn't take it. I was running. Yeah. And, um, also we were trying to exchange some money because they had grievance, um, as a Ukrainian money. Okay. And we tried to find a bank in Bucharest to exchange the money. And there's only one bank in Bucharest that will take the money. It's by appointment only. And we finally got there. And we had to wait 24 hours to even get this appointment. And I talked to this one man um, that brought so much tears into my eyes. And so he had only one bag. And I asked him, I was like, well, is there anything you need? Or, like, how was it? Mm -hmm. And he said, you know how it was? I don't know how it was. You tell me how it was. You tell me how I should feel when I'm running from the fire and see and jumping across dead women and children Jeez. and trying to get to the bus and try to get to the train station. And all I have with me is my one backpack. And his daughter lives in England, so she was there too. So like she she came to Bucharest to meet her father. Oh, so she's taken him back to England. And seeing the tears in his eyes, it it just hit me. It just really just put that kind of perspective. And I can't even imagine. No. Being to Iraq and Afghanistan and seeing some horrors over there. This hits home. This, I can't even imagine how people truly feel when brothers and sisters are fighting. Yeah. Um, because I was struggling, um, I am having no answer from the immigration. I'm having nothing. And I'm still reaching out to a lot of people. And I had, um, I reached out to so many people, all these bridges that I've, all these uh, contacts that I've constantly had. And I finally uh, reached out to Maria. We were stationed with Maria in Germany. Oh my gosh, Maria. Oh, how is she? Oh, she's, she's amazing. She's doing wonderful. Um, yeah, she's got a really great job over there. So oh. she stayed in Germany. She bought a house. That's amazing. She has a daughter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, little Maria. She's got a daughter. Oh. We are old, aren't we, though? <laughs> I'm like, it's only been, what, 18 years, 17 years since we've been in Germany? Mm-hmm. And so she uh, she reached out and said, like, I have a house. I speak Russian. And she can come and stay with me. Perfect. And I was like, perfect. So we packed our bags and left that day. Yeah. And we went from Germany, uh, from Germany, um, pardon, from uh, Romania 
through Hungary, through Austria, and like finally made it in Stuttgart area. And so, but we had to stay places on the way because it took us it took us a long time um, to get to actually Germany. And the because pl- I'm running out of money here. Yeah, I'm 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 scrambling for whatever I can get because we still need to pay for gas, still need food, and all the necessities. Yeah. And so I had this old, this colonel that I used to work for reached out to me and he said that I'm in, I, in Germany, if you need a place to stay for a night or so, um, my wife and I open our apartment for you. That's amazing. I know. It, it was just so lovely. It was so... Everybody's so welcoming because they, they know they know how hard it is for everybody and they just want to be there to help. And, and that's, and I think that's the people that we surround ourselves with on a normal basis is, you know, people that are always willing to jump and help out at any moment. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. Cause he, I worked with him as well and he is just a fantastic, fantastic leader. Um, he's a, a great man and it's, I wouldn't have expected anything less from him. <laughs> <laughs> and his wife is phenomenal as oh, well. She's horrible. And the kids, yeah. so talented. And Sophie made friends. Oh, yeah. And they were playing ukulele together. <laughs> it was so cute. But it was it was so good to see them um and despite everything is happening, they still found a silver lining. They still found a time to smile. Yeah. Time to cry. And so we stayed, we stayed in Germany and I'm still having no answer uh, from immigration services. And I was like, I have to get back. I really have to get back. But yeah. I felt safe. I felt the fact that well, they have, were safe. They were safe. Yeah. I felt the f- they, they're in really good hands. Maria is a phenomenal human being. And so I flew back. I flew back, went to work. And then I heard about refugees are coming through the Mexican border. Yeah. And I called Tanya. I was like, pack your bags. I'm buying you a ticket. You go into Mexico. Yes. And she was like, what? <laughs> okay. I, I do whatever you want me to do. She put 100% trust into me and I could not break that. I had to carry this and I had to, this was my mission. Yeah. And so they flew into Mexico. They had a really hard time at the border. And if I do want to interview Tanya as well, so she can, she speaks better English now. Yes. And she's been learning every day the, from the program that she bought. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I want to interview her and see her side as well. So she can talk about it um, and then how going through different borders. Yeah. So she had a really hard time at the Mexican border because they are Ukrainians. There's a different regulations for you to arrive into Mexico. And then so she they flew to Mexico City, then from Mexico City they went to her um to went to Tijuana. So I drove all, all the way down to Tijuana. And so as they're flying into Tijuana, they fly about thirty minutes away. They had to reroute them all the way to Hermosillo. So they turn around in the midair to Hermosillo. That's so scary. And I'm freaking out. Yeah. I'm in contact with her father, and her father does aviation dispatching. And he's looking into all his resources and everything. And I guess it says because of the fog. But I'm looking outside. I'm literally sleeping in my car right outside, and it's 2.30 in the morning, 
and there's no fog. There was no fog. Yeah, that's... But we'll never know. Maybe they're just scared of... It, they said it is common occurrence that um, their airplane will turn around because of that. Yeah. So anyways, so they arrived in Hermosillo, and they got held there for over 10 hours, I believe. Um, and basically, they didn't have a lot of water. They didn't have... They had, like, this small sandwiches that they were running out and there's 40 ukrainians on this flight yeah and they they were asking they were like well all women and children we have a place for you to stay if you would like to stay at this hotel no and so she, at the airport <laughs> so she called me she's like so they have they have a free hotel that can. I was like, no, 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 no. no. I yelled at her. <laughs> I I yelled at her like she was my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Sit at that gate and wait for that plane to take off, and you're on it. <laughs> and it was so amazing that our locals, as soon as they heard about that, locals stood up and they said, "No one is leaving this airport." That's good. Yeah. So she finally, they finally got on the flight, finally arrived. And I was like, well, wait a minute. There's 40 Ukrainians over there. We got to, we got to run to the border. We yeah. got to like, we got to go now. Yeah. Um, so we got to the border and I was like, okay, well, this is, this is all, you know, mm-hmm. there's your passports. This is all you, you go through the border control. Yeah. You have to get that humanitarian parole stamp in your passport. Yeah. And I said, I will meet you on the other side. Mm-hmm. And we hugged and I went through the border and I sat and I sat and I sat there and it was already three hours in and I'm not getting any, any kind of anything, like no news. And there's me and some other Ukrainians over there too, meeting up their families or there's a bus that was able to transport them to Sacramento to help them out because they have a really, really large Ukrainian area in Sacramento so they can provide that kind of help. Yeah. And so all of us, all of us freaking out, we just, what's going on, what's going on. Then we get a word that they're going to be released at five in the morning. Yay. (laughs) So we, we spread out, uh, we spread out and guarded every single exit of the border patrol. And then we saw some cars coming out with uh, detainees in the back. We're like, is is there anybody we know? Is there anybody we know? (laughs) And then it was cold and I haven't slept. Well, I kind of maybe slept in an hour in the car. Yeah. Like greasy hair, no shower, (laughs) but I didn't care at the moment. I just need to get them. Yeah. And finally, five o'clock rolls around, and we're, we're like, they're not out yet. What's going on? And finally, when somebody said, they're coming out, they're coming out. Aww. And everybody, everybody just like rushed to the door. We were running. We were sprinting. Oh, oh it's giving me happy tears. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and then I finally, I have a little video of them coming out. Um, cause I was like, where are they? Where are they? Yeah. And they're so happy. And we're finally he- here in America and we hugged yeah. again and again. And it was just like, just like meeting them for the first time in Bucharest. Yeah. Well, cause now they're a hundred percent safe. You know, they're here. Oh, that's just amazing. 
Yeah, and I got to the car. I was like, I I could use a I could use some energy drink. And <laughs> we need to go home. Home. <laughs> we're not staying at the hotel. No, I'm still. This is my last push of my last adrenaline. We're going home. And we got home like at 1 p.m. And I, I drove. I think we stopped once for gas. Oh yeah. And I was like, girls, if you need to pee, hold it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we just got home, and mom came out and crying, and we all, we all just hugged, and it was just. So yeah, this is this is my story, yeah. and um, Sophie, Sophie told me. She was like, "You are my superhero." Oh, I was like, "I was like, I'm not, I'm not a superhero. I don't have a cape." <laughs> and she's like, "Not all heroes wear capes." <laughs> to me, you are my hero. Yeah, and that's why I, I love, I love, love, love my family. I love the support. Yeah. I love all the bridges that I've built over the years, and sitting across from you right now, and. Your brand new RV because you're about to take off on a crazy journey. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. We'll get we'll we'll get into that one on a later episode. But uh, yeah, life is um, life is life is amazing, and the people that we keep around us is the most important thing about it. So, but uh, we're happy to um, say that Sophie is now in school here, yes. and she is amazing she's so smart and it's just and oh my gosh it's, i can't speak enough for how happy i am for you and your family and my family because you're my family so <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's just it's it's fantastic it's been a journey and it's been hard and it's been sad um but right now it's it's fantastic i wouldn't and, do any of this without you Oh yeah. I was contacting you every single day throughout oh, yeah. my journey. Well, when you left, you're like, I'm going over there. And I was like, okay, well, here's the thing, girl. You're calling me in the morning. You're calling at me at night. You're telling me your exact locations. You're telling me everything, <laughs> you know? And I'm just like, I'm like, if I don't get a call from you, I'm going to start calling around. <laughs> so yeah, I was just like, nope, I'm going to be at your eyes and ears. And yeah, I'm there with you every single minute of the day. So so after we came back and got settled in, my mom, um, she's like, well, I'm going to Ukraine. Yep. And I was like, what? She's like, well, you didn't leave me a choice when you went bolted to save our family. So <laughs> yeah, you're not leaving me a choice either. Dang or, or like, I'm not leaving <laughs> you a choice either. Yeah. <laughs> so she, we had a little fundraiser um, and we... Um, a lot of our friends are really good musicians and everybody came out, supported. So basically what mom did, um, she got a lot of donations for the baby clothes. Yeah. My mom sent a bunch of baby clothes too. <laughs> so she got the baby clothes and she was able to actually go into Ukraine because we still have family members over there that she met with. And they went to the local hospital, uh, figure out what they needed at, yeah. at those hospitals. And they needed uh, new nursing stations because they were operating on the older ones. And they had to break out the old ones from the warehouse as well. So they, were, they found brand new nursing stations in this like one remote village in this warehouse. And they were able to like purchase them and brought them back and just she just established all of this and she told me she's like oh now i know what explosion smells like yeah something i would never want my mother to know yeah you don't ever forget that smell no or the compression or the sound yeah 
sticks with you forever. Those rings in my ears. Mm-hmm. So I'm so proud of her for doing that too. Yeah. And the fact that she's a hero in my life. Tiny oh, yeah. is a hero in my life. Oh, Sophie my gosh, yeah. is a hero in my life. Yep. You're a hero in my life. Oh, you're my hero. <laughs> I love you. Love you too. Want to mention one thing because this was a crazy journey that we went through and we're still on this journey. It's still a lot of roads ahead. And with everybody who donated to GoFundMe page, we thank you so, so much because that that is for Sophia's future. Yes. We did all of that for that for her. Yeah. And we just wanted to say all to all of you, be strong, be you, be the change. Be the twenty first century female. Dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee. Dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee